0: Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating.
1: All the must-not-take-yourself-too-seriously and 6-1-since-that-matters
0: and What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've
1: changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
0: Support for this show comes from the National Wellness Institute, committed to providing the tools, trainings, and resources to propel your career in wellness. Become a member today at nationalwellness.org.
2: From Spirituality and Health Magazine, I'm Rabbi Rami and this is Essential Conversations. Our guest today is Mirabai Bush. Mirabai is a co-founder of the Center for Contemplative Mind in Society, founding board member of the Seva Foundation, and co-author with Ram Dass of Compassion in Action. Her new book, also co-authored with Ram Dass, is Walking Each Other Home, Conversations on Loving and Dying. Megan Peterson's interview with Mirabai and an excerpt from her new book appear in the September-October issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. Mirabai Bush, welcome to Essential Conversations. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm very happy to talk with you. I love Ram Dass, and you are a close friend of his and confidant and conversation partner and the book is really marvelous uh, if you know if people who love Ram Dass are going to love this book people who are serious about living well and dying well are also going to love this book so thank you for writing it thank you for being on the show. I want to start off with well, he, what Ramdas mentions this in the preface to the book that he has aphasia and he's had it since his stroke some 20 years ago. So let, let me tell you a story about uh, Ramdas and aphasia as a way of sort of introducing part of your role in this book. I hosted him at a conference in, it was the Inner Directions Conference in La Jolla, California, right after he got back on the lecture circuit post stroke and he's wheeled out onto the stage and there's 550 people in the audience we're at we're at capacity and he explains this issue with aphasia he tells people you know there's I'm going to be talking and everything'll be fine and then I won't know the word I won't be able to express the next word and he says to the audience you're going to know what the word is It'll be obvious what I'm looking for, and you're going to be you're going to feel the urge to just sort of shout it out to me, but he says, don't say anything. If I can't find the word, we're just going to sit in silence. If the word comes to me, he says, I'll go on. If the word doesn't, I'll talk about something else. I thought it was brilliant, and it really allowed the audience to be with him in his in his, his silences. And I got the sense when I'm reading the book that he invited you to do the book with him, to be his conversation partner, because you could also sit comfortably
1: with his silence. What was that like? (laughs) That is true. And, um, when, when he first had the stroke, we all would finish his sentences every now and then. And he never liked it. So, um, well, you know, we have been together in various uh, situations since uh, since we were since we met in India in 1970. We met at the first uh, retreat in Bagaya for Westerners. It was taught by Galanka. We met there, and then we spent two years with. Neem Karoli Baba, who's Ram guru, he's written about and be here now. Um, And then many things since then. So we're very comfortable with each other and uh, we're very both very comfortable sitting in silence. So it was easy for me. It it was wonderful, actually, because the more time I was able to just sit in silence and simply be there, uh, you know, the easier it was for me to stay focused and present on just what we wanted to pay attention to, which was what we know and don't know about dying and loving.
2: Yeah, I wanna, and I do wanna get into that, just, just so that everyone listening has a sense. I mean, I'm assuming people know who Ramdas is, but maybe that's the wrong assumption to make. So I'm gonna ask you to give us a quick introduction to him. And the same is probably true for Neem Karoli Baba. So again, people may know who this uh, teacher was, or is, depending on how you understand uh, his, the, theolo- the theological issues around his death. So if you can just give us a very brief intro to Ramdas and Maharaji, that would
1: be great. Sure. Uh, Ram Ramdas was a professor of psychology at Harvard. Um, when he and Tim Leary began exploring states of consciousness and in particular through psychedelics and at a certain point, Harvard uh, asked him to leave, fired him, actually. And um, he continued to look for ways to explore these states with Tim and, and many others at that time. This is in the late 60s. Um, and then uh, at one point, Ram Dass decided he wanted to uh, discover ways that weren't uh, drug-related to uh, to explore states of consciousness. So he went to Asia, and uh, when he was there, he met a great Indian saint named Neem Karoli Baba, and uh, he stayed with him for some time. He learned basic practices of yoga and meditation, uh, chanting and so on. And he came back. He was very moved by the whole experience. And he was very, uh, he found that these practices indeed helped him understand the nature of mind, the nature of reality. So he um, came back and gave a series of lectures, which turned into the book, Be Here Now. And it was at a time when um, it was 1969 70. Um, people were really looking for help, especially from someone who understood Western psychology as well as the uh, philosophies of the East. And so when Ramdas wrote Be Here Now, it was an immediate bestseller. And in fact, it sold two million copies. Um, and then after that, over the years, he's continued to. Um, uh, Continued to practice, and Neem Karoli Baba died in 1973, um, and so there weren't too many Westerners who had been with him. Uh, I was there. Uh, Krishnadas, who many of you probably know, because he's the soundtrack for a lot of yoga classes. He's a uh, has uh, does sacred chanting, and uh, and then Ramdas. Uh, continue to lecture and he's written many books. He and I worked on the founding of Seva Foundation, um, which is an international public health organization. And um, now he lives in Maui and is 87 years old.
2: How is his health? How's
1: that? It's it's a little delicate now. He's a really strong constitution, as my mother used to say. Um, he... I mean, he had a massive stroke 20 years ago and no one thought he was going to recover at all. And he's been amazing. He's been teaching and writing and living all these years. Um, But he is 87 and he's had, um, um, you know, many things. He's paralyzed on one side. So many things have gone wrong. Um, And so he's, um, I would say he's more frail than he was. But he's still, his spirit is really strong. So um, he's still very present. I'm going to just put a
2: plug in for our listeners who are interested in going more deeply into what Mirabai is telling us. There's a phenomenal movie, and I'll get your take on it in a second, called Fierce Grace, which I have, when I taught um, contemporary religion in America at the university, we always watch this movie. and. My students had never heard of Ram Dass and or Neem Karoli Baba, and this is just a phenomenal film to introduce them and anyone who watches it uh, to these amazing characters. Do you find the movie as as powerful as I do?
1: Yeah, I I love that movie, and particularly I love the title and, and the concept of Fierce Grace, and that's very present in this book also. The idea that suffering is grace, that we don't wish it on ourselves or on anybody else, but it turns out to be the way we learn most deeply. And Ramdas talks about how when he got the stroke, he was horrified and resistant and angry. And little by little, he began to realize that this was given to him to learn from. And indeed, he, I mean, he changed so much over the years that followed and became much deeper and wiser.
2: You know, let's, let's jump into the book itself. Uh, He writes in the book that dying is the most important thing we can do in life. And it just, what? Wait, did I read that right? I have to do it again. You know, dying is the most important thing we can do in life. I was surprised when I read it. And I I wonder if you can help us understand what he has in mind
1: well a number of things one is that um if we didn't die it would change our whole relationship to life um that it is knowing that we're going to die that makes us aware of how precious our life is how every day and every moment um, is a precious opportunity to learn and to grow um and Also, that the way in which we die is really important. Now, um, Ram Dass being uh, his guru was Hindu and he studied with many Buddhist teachers. And so he is a believer in multiple lives. And so but even in the um, Christian and I'm not so sure about Jewish, but I think that those last moments, the way in which you die is very important. Um, And. The, you die, the way in which you die is conditioned by the way in which you have lived, of course. So in it, Ram Das talks about you know living a living a loving uh, life, and as moving toward death, um, letting go of attachments, letting go of regrets, um, shifting your awareness from the ego and the personality and the body into um, the spirit or the soul. And um, yeah, I think that's roughly what he meant. And you come to this in your own way.
2: I mean, you're not, you're a friend of Ram Dass. You're not necessarily a disciple of Ram Das. I mean, you both had the same guru. So when you were talking about this with him, you had your did you differ on on this these issues around dying, or did you feel just right in sync with what he was saying he was in sync with what you were saying? Is there something you bring to it that he didn't have?
1: Well, I'm comfortable with uh, I'd say I agree with him on everything I just said about the way to live a life and prepare to die. um the only place really where we um I'm an agnostic about life after death. I mean, I my experience of awareness leads me to think that there is within us that which does not die but um but I don't feel like I know and and um, but I allow that it's totally possible and likely um, round us feels like he knows, and he has, um, and in the book he talks about how, what he thinks is going to happen, and um, I think that's really the the main point. Of course, he grew up uh, he grew up Jewish, and I grew up Catholic, so there were some differences there. But we really both, like you, Rami, I think uh, honor um, all paths, and that um, uh, and. Neem Karoli Baba said, sub-ek, meaning all one. And he never encouraged us to to leave our root religions or by the time we got to him, we were both, neither of us was uh, practicing in the religions we'd grown up in, but he never encouraged us to become Hindu or uh, he just said, it's all one and remember that.
2: So I, I would go even farther in the sense of it's all one, like it's not simply that all these religions are similar paths to the same goal. But when you say that there's something that, is, that isn't born, doesn't die, I, I agree with that. I, I think that's true. I think it's true for, you know, not just theological or, or theoretical reasons, but through, uh, even though the word experience doesn't really do it justice through experience and meditation. But... My sense is and I want to get your thoughts on this. My sense is that there isn't reincarnation because there's no the, the the birthless and deathless me isn't rami. It isn't my personality. It's the singular reality that some traditions might call God or Brahman or you know, I don't know what you want to call it. But it, it's it's like the ocean continually waving, but no wave is waved twice. So the, the true nature of who I am continually births and dies, but it isn't Rami, it's...
1: Yes, yeah.
2: So is that, is that where you're coming from?
1: Yes, absolutely. That the, the personality, the ego, the identification we have uh, now is not what reincarnates. Yeah. Or as Thomas, Thomas Merton said, there's one thing we know about heaven, there won't be much of you there.
2: exactly exactly so i want to uh, ask you to read something from the book there's this beautiful passage where you're you're quoting ramdas it's on uh it's page 79 it's called well it doesn't have a title but i'm calling it love is what we are which is how it opens can you read that
1: paragraph for us sure um, well, before I do, I'll say that we recorded the book also. So, for for those of you who prefer to listen uh, rather than read, it's going to be available soon. Recorded in the actual conversations, or something? Yeah. No, no. Actually, Ramdas read the preface, and I read uh, the rest of it uh, because he couldn't do that. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24-26. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org thrive.
1: So go ahead, read this for us. Love is what we are. I now see everything with love. Someone visits me and what I see is love. I talk to a tree and the tree is love. The ocean is love. The carpet on my floor is love. And if I go into the place in myself that is love, and you go into the place in yourself that is love, we're together in love. No you, no I, we are being love. That's the entrance to oneness.
2: Yeah, powerful, powerful. And that's what we were just talking about, no you, no I. It's just what he's calling love, I might call God, but uh, it's, it's that singularity that manifests as all of our diversity. Yeah, very powerful stuff.
1: The rest of the paragraph um, takes you into the room with him. Just a couple of lines. There's a lot of love in the room. Ram Das, me, Maharaji, Kush, the cat. Maybe it's time to just enjoy it. I say, let's have some tea. We call on the intercom. And Lakshman brings us hot, steaming, fragrant mint tea. What a gift. Mm.
2: Yeah. It's just, it's a wonderful, it is a wonderful book. So, I was also taken with what he calls his, or maybe you call it this, his last wishes. And I'd love to hear you read those to us. And then I have a question about that for you. It's on 157.
1: Sure. Yeah. And we wanted, in the book, we wanted to go, and we did go all the way from, as you say, like the nature of soul, and what, what survives um, and all the way to the most um, mundane, you could say, um, Ram Dass's plans for how to die and what he wants to have happen after he dies. Soon, soon Dasi arrives to go over Ramdas's wishes for his own death. She reads aloud some prepared statements from his living will called Five Wishes. Ramdas has already chosen a healthcare proxy and decided what life support procedures he wants as he approaches death. So, Dasi continues with questions about his spiritual and emotional desires, what he wants his loved ones to know, and so forth. Ramdas answers each question simply I wish to die at home, if that is possible. Yes. I wish to be cared for with kindness and cheerfulness, definitely not sadness. I wish to have pictures of my loved ones near my bed. Just Maharaji, he says. I wish my family and friends to know that I love them, yes. I wish my family and friends to know that I did not fear death itself, yes. I wish people to think about me as I was before I became seriously ill. This is just my body. I wish for my friends to respect my wishes, even if they don't agree with them. Yes, I wish for my family and friends to look at my dying as a time for personal growth for everyone, including me. Then Ram Dass says, I wanna have friends with me while I'm dying, but at the end, I wanna be alone with Maharaji. I've talked about the body viewing with Dasi. It will be here at the house. Then Bodhi, his friend, will come with an, his new hearse and take me to the cremation ground. In Hawaiian traditional burial, I note, they take your body out to sea and put it in the water. Yes, but if I did that, Ramda's response, then people who want to visit the site would have to take boats five miles out to sea. <laughs> there could be a flotilla, I tell him. And when they get there, they could chant what you say when you reach the buoy when swimming in the ocean. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. We both laugh imagining <laughs> it. On Maui Ramdas says Bodhi and Leela and I started Doorway into Light, which helps people with living wills, advanced healthcare care directives, home funerals, home burial, direct burial, direct cremation, ocean body burial, and organ donation.
2: You know, Mirba, I'm gonna jump in because I, I don't want to lose the, the the wishes part. Uh-huh. So so I'm I'm just curious, do you have your own? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was inspired. Yeah. Yeah, me too. It's important I I know that many of us when a parent or a friend is dying, it it seems awkward to ask them to uh to go through all this. It seems like you're kind of, you know, uh wishing it would come sooner or something. But it's really important and it's really important to do, you know, while you still have the energy and clarity to do it. So, Yes.
2: <laughs> so I'm not going to ask you what they are, but I think
1: it's it's important unless there's something you really want to share with us that isn't on his list. <laughs> no, but I will share about Ramdas. He wants to be cremated and then when I went back after a, a few weeks after this time, he in in Hawaii, they just got a permit for outdoor cremation and Ramdas was so excited and he said and i'm going to be the first and which is what they do in india and which is for those of us who spent time in india it is a powerful teaching to watch a body being burned on a big pyre but i have to say when i when ramdas told me he was going to do it i said oh no (laughs) i don't want to watch you being burned in a fire uh,
2: yeah, I spent a, a lot of time in uh, Varanasi at, at the funeral, of the cremation gods, just you know watching this happen. It is a powerful thing.
1: Yeah, so that's what's going to happen. And he said it'll be a great practice for everyone. I just gulped and have been working on that for a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We we are we only have a couple of minutes left,
2: and to end the show, I'm just wondering if you have. A practice or yeah a practice that you could leave us with that will help the listener sort of get on track with uh preparing themselves for a good death a good dying
1: mm. well one practice i like that we've been doing is um you uh do we have five minutes sure Okay. We're gonna. We'll go over. We'll go over. Okay. Is just um, sitting wherever you're sitting in a comfortable way with your spine and your neck and your head in alignment, feeling your feet on the floor. Or you can. This is done well if you lie down on the floor, and it's a form of of uh, body scanning, but it's but it's a special form that has to do with preparing for dying. So. Closing your eyes or having a soft gaze and then bringing your attention to first your eyes. And then you say silently within, I am not these eyes and what they see. I am loving awareness. And then bringing your attention to your nose. I am not this nose and what it smells. I am loving awareness. And then your mouth. I am not this mouth and what it tastes. I am loving awareness. I am not these ears and what they hear. I am loving awareness. And then taking your Attention through your body, each part of your body, imagining. I am not these legs and where they walk, how they hold me up. I am loving awareness. And then after you've been through your whole body, then just sensing from within your whole body. And again, I am not this body, I am loving awareness. And just breathing in and out, noticing your breath, feeling like a a warm energy going through your body, imagining that it's loving awareness. I am loving awareness.
0: And then just resting. And finally opening your eyes and coming back into the room.
2: Wow. Oh, and, and trying to maintain that awareness that you are loving awareness. Yes. Is your fundamental thing. Very Ramana Maharshi esque. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who am I? Right. I mean, these, these, this kind of practice, and we're going to have to wrap it up, but this kind of practice is really, in my mind, the practice that is so necessary. Uh, I mean, it just sort of strips away all the labels, all the denominations, all the religious stuff, everything you think about and whatever. And it's just, "I am loving awareness," or "I am, you know that which is," or you know however the phrasing goes. But that was, that was a perfect way to end the show. Mirabai, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Our guest today was Mirabai Bush. She's the author of "Walking Each Other Home: Conversations on Loving and Dying." An interview with Mirabai and an excerpt from her new book appears in the September-October issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. For more information on her work, please visit her website, mirabaibush.com. Mirabai, thank you so much for being with us on Essential Conversations. Thank you. I loved it. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Support for this show comes from the National Wellness Institute, committed to providing the tools, training, and resources to propel your career in wellness. Become a member today at nationalwellness.org. Before we sign off, let me remind you that this year is the 20th anniversary of Spirituality and Health Magazine. As part of our celebration, I'm leading an interspiritual tour of the Holy Land. This is part tour, part pilgrimage, as we engage in contemplative practices linked to the various sites, we will visit Jewish, Christian, Muslim, and Baha'i. For more information, please visit us at spiritualityhealth.com backslash Holy Land with Rami. Essential Conversations with Rabbi Rami is a project of Spirituality and Health magazine. Please log in to spiritualityhealth.com to subscribe to the magazine in print or digital formats and to download the iTunes app for this podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a review. Essential Conversations is produced by Ezra Baker and our program coordinator and executive producer is Alma Tassi. I'm Rabbi Rami, thanks for listening.
0: If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz.